Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I had the privilege of chatting with Liz Curtis Higgs. Liz has one goal, to help women embrace the grace of God with joy and abandon. She's the author of 37 books with 4.6 million copies in print. She's spoken at like a million women's conferences. She's a former radio personality, and she's appeared on networks like NPR, Focus on the Family, PBS, and A&E. I mean, can you even believe we get to hear from this woman? Liz and I discussed everything from being former bad girls rescued by God's grace to raising babies of our own, all of it peppered, of course, by Liz's flair for funny. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation about walking in wisdom as much as I did. Well, it's wonderful to be talking with you and just having looked at all of your different material. I mean, Liz, you are somebody that I have seen since I was a middle mm. school student walking into our church library. Yeah. <laughs> you have been writing for all, as long as I've been alive, I'm assuming. Is that right? Pretty close. My uh, first book came out in 1993. So depending on your DOB. 88 model. There you go. You have 30 books. 31 now? Oh, it's crazy. It's actually 37. Wow. You know, it's just, I know. I know. I sneaked a couple more in there when you weren't looking. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I just have adored reading more and more about you online in preparation for this interview. And I'd love to hear who you are, what you're doing, and even your most recent work. Hmm. Well, first of all, love this journey woman idea. Um, we all are journey women. We're all traveling. And, um, you know, the thing about having traveled just a little longer um, than some of my sisters um, does mean that it's important for me to reach back and to encourage and to say, I know this looks hairy right now, like being the mother of a one and a two-year-old. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, I remember those days. Very, very intense. Actually, I don't remember them. That's the real <laughs> truth of it. <laughs> That's good. That's encouraging. <laughs> well, it, you know, it is. It's blurry and it's a whirlwind of details and yes. stuff. And you keep doing the same things over and over and over and over, you know, so the diapers, true. the food, the, all the things, the discipline. laundry, 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 laundry. And you ask yourself, you know, is there purpose in this? Is there an end to this? 
there's definitely a purpose. We show our children we love them, not just when we look in their eyes and say, I love you, but when we change their diaper without grumbling, when we hold them in our arms at three in the morning and listen to the UPS jets going over, um, all of those touches and glances and caring for things speak love to our children, Mm. and they add up. They just add up. I am so excited to have grown children and see how all that turned out because yeah. that's the hardest thing about mothering is you you have no idea you're oh, pouring into these kids and you're thinking is this you know am I doing it right a, oh totally and what's it going to look like and I can't fix stuff later so what happens if I do it wrong and um, first of all I want to say children are they're made out of grace mm, they totally are oh. You're going to make me cry. I've had moments where I've already had to ask for forgiveness today. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. And I did that with my kids a lot. I mm. asked for forgiveness a lot. And I was such a beggar of grace myself that I knew when I messed up because I was so good at messing up. And God was so kind to show me, I've forgiven you, Liz. Now you need to ask your child's forgiveness because what you just did, said, yeah. didn't do, or whatever... Uh, sins of omission, sins of commission, as we used to say. Right. Whatever that is. Um, yes, Liz, I was watching and good to ask my forgiveness, but ask your child's forgiveness too. And uh, in fact, the book that's coming out in October, this uh, 31 Proverbs mm-hmm. to Light Your Path, I had my oldest child, who's now 30. <laughs> you can hear me stumbling over the word. It's like, <laughs> you can't be 30. I know. I remember being 30, so you can't be 30. Oh. Yeah, I cannot imagine. No, it's crazy and wonderful at the same time because, of course, we're really friends now. It's a real different relationship and sweet as can be. Still their mother. I still do the mother stuff. You know, I can't resist. And I usually warn them. I'll say, (laughs) okay, this will be a mother statement. Yes. Or this will be a mother move. And and they're prepared for it then. And they don't fuss at me and say, Mom, I'm 30. But... uh, Anyway, my son is always my first editor on my books. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, it is, because for many reasons. One is that he does not let me get away with anything. If I tell a story, and I did in one book, I told a story of something that happened in Paris. I'm sorry, that's just where it happened, okay? Right. But Matt came back and said, Mother, the fact that this happened in Paris does not matter at all. It did not happen at the Eiffel Tower. It happened in the hotel room. So get Paris out of there because it sounds like you're bragging. <laughs> oh, oh right. It, yeah. But he's, you know, <laughs> he's right. I mean, it wasn't intentional. But yeah. yeah, that's probably was part of it because that's just who we are. Yeah. And so he calls me to task. Anytime I try and sound holier than thou or got this all together he just knows me too well so he can say hey mom nice try but i was there totally and it it didn't look like that they see us at our worst and our best and all the things in between all of it but on the flip side um the last chapter that i write about in the book is about sharing my faith with my kids um and because i was going to share my testimony at church and i have a you know kind of a wild and woolly testimony so um, I thought I'd better warn them. They were seven and nine at the time, maybe eight and 10. I have to think through that it was 1997. So eight and 10. Okay. And, you know, I didn't, I was going to be obviously very careful how I handled things in church. It was Easter after all. 
but I still had to make reference to the fact that I was a former bad girl. Yeah. And it's like, how much looking into the eyes of your sweet, darling children at eight and 10, do you really want them to know about their mother? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I prayed like mad and I started to tell them something. And I said, before I knew Jesus, my life was, I just couldn't get it out. And so I started again. My life with Jesus was, and my little eight-year-old daughter piped up and said, sad. Mm. Yes, that's the word exactly. It was sad. But that was something they could grasp. Yeah. And so I built from that. So I talk about that in the book. And Matthew comes back in his editorial notes to me and writes the most beautiful. It's. I wish I could have included it in the book because it's honestly better than anything that is in the book of his his take on growing up with a mother who spoke and wrote mm. and just it just blew my mind it was the graduation gift i finally got as a mother after wow. 30 years of mother you know what i mean what did he say i'm so curious oh, it's long and personal and precious but but the main the main point being that that he saw real christ in me in other words saw yeah. god working in my faults, yeah. saw God making me into uh, more like his son, which is all I could ask. I don't want my kids to see a perfect mother. I want them Absolutely. to see a perfect heavenly father who is at work in all of us, including yeah. them, including their mom and dad, and grandparents, everybody. Um, so it was, yeah, like I said, it was sort of my little diploma after 30 years of mothering. I will treasure forever. I wept wow. like a baby. I read it and, Aww. you know, it's just... <laughs> kids surprise us. And so I love that you are at the start of this journey because, wow, you have so much to look forward to. There will be hard times, absolutely. Um, times when you question, why did we do two? Why did we do any? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not often. And, and you almost hate to say that aloud. People are like, oh, who could say that about their children? Right. Well, yeah. right. We all have hard days as parents. But absolutely. The payoff is so sweet, Aww. and um, and it comes when it comes. You can't predict it. Absolutely, I've learned that. Won't have to wait till thirty. I promise. Yes, that was just my my final diploma. So, um, and today we were at, here at the house. My daughter and daughter in love and I were getting all the goodies that you send out when you have a new book out, and they were helping me do all that. And I thought, am I a blessed mom or what? That these two 28-year-old girls who have many better things to do uh, were willing to be over at mom's house today stuffing envelopes. And I just, I am telling you what, I have children far better than I deserve. And uh, I think, you know, my message then to mothers is, first of all, don't be hard on yourself um, because you're doing everything you can do. What mother doesn't? Really? Yeah. You're doing everything you can do. It's just we're so aware of all we didn't do or can't do or don't have the energy to do. We're always right. aware of how short we fall. Um, but here's our good, good God, our good, good father, who bridges the gap between everything parents can do and what he can do, which yes. is, of course, everything. You know, that is just the spirit speaking through you because I definitely had a moment earlier today where I texted my husband and I'm like, Woo, I have never seen this side of myself in my life. Oh. <laughs> Pray for me, yeah. please. Yes. It gets hairy over here sometimes for sure. It's very it's very very interesting how the Lord uses them to highlight different parts of our heart that have maybe not seen 
the light. <laughs> They've yes. not had no. shed, light shed on them yet. That's right. It's absolutely the truth. And it is all part of his plan. Marriage does that too. So true. Even if you don't have children, having a, a marriage partner in life will also show you your weaknesses, faults, foibles, um, less than lovelies. And it is, it is part of God's plan. That's why he wants to, yes. us to be in fellowship with the body of Christ. Because the body yeah. also shows us where our faults lie, where our prejudices lie, where our um, judgmental nature might be hiding. Yes. And, uh, you know... It's just, I just, I'm so grateful that we have a God that loves us as much as he does, puts up with all that he puts up with, is ever training, never grows weary. He never grows weary or faint. I'm just so thankful. Oh, I know. Right. He, he never sleeps. So, um, yeah. So it's, I just want, and the other piece I want to say while we're talking about the maturing process, looking back and all that. Yeah. Is the maturing process is fun. I just have to say that. It totally is. I, I haven't experienced it for long, but yes, I agree. Sure, you're getting it already, and it just gets better. But that is not really the message our culture gives us. The message the culture gives us is young is cool and old is dull, yes. and, and it gets less fun every year, and it gets more horrible every year. And that is really not the truth. Um, it's a real lie. And, and I don't want any of my sisters or brothers to buy into that, because the truth is, if you look for fun, it is there in every season. Oh. Um, it's just there in every season. Uh, on the one hand, you know, I miss I miss having kids in the house. Having yeah. the girls here today was such a treat. And every time they leave, the house gets suddenly very quiet. Yeah. But then I realize how quiet it is. <laughs> yeah, yes. And you're like, hmm, I can read Ooh. a bunch of books or write I, them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, so it's always a trade-off. The quiet is replaced by quiet. There's food in the fridge and there's money in the bank. There are things that you didn't have when yeah, you were younger yeah. that are, we sort of frankly take for granted as we mature yeah. and um, we need to be ever grateful. Um, but each step has its own joy. Uh, some of that is how, of course, you look at it, and I am ridiculously positive. So, you know, that's just sort of who I am, and I'm grateful for that. That's a God thing, too. That was not my nature nature. When I met Jesus, I was hmm. not a naturally happy girl. Uh, I was a miserable girl, and um, it just took the joy of Christ in me, um, his goodness, kindness, love, and mercy to make me see that life could be good, that uh. life could be very good. Yes. Well, I want to talk to you about that because you have been, not only did you become a believer long ago, but you've also been walking with women for nearly three decades, two two to three decades. And, and yeah, you're 35 just, years, actually. <laughs> wow. Three yeah, and a half Yeah, I just figured decades. it out. 35. Yep. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the Word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. 
Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. You are just so passionate about biblical literacy, and I love that, Liz. And I just love to hear a little bit about where that passion kind of developed and cultivated in you. I'm really, really grateful that when I came to know Christ, uh, there were two major elements. One was brand new Christians who introduced me to him. Um, He could have used anyone, but he wisely used these two brand new on fire you know, as excited as puppy dogs kind of Christians who they may not have had all the answers. They didn't know everything theologically. They, they were brand new themselves, but they were on fire. They were so excited about the grace and forgiveness that Christ offered because they had kind of a hairy past like I did. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. We can go into the testimony if you want to, but it's just all the usual ugly stuff. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing remarkable about it. And so uh, because they were so excited, um, that spoke to my heart. It was undeniable, Mm. you know, their love for me beyond, I mean, I was not lovable. You just wouldn't, there was nothing lovable about Liz back then. I'm not sure there is now, but I know there wasn't back then. Oh, I beg to differ. Uh, Just, (laughs) you know, just a potty mouth and Mm. and negative and... You know, just trying to be the tough girl. Oh, my. And so, but they saw something. So clearly not with their own eyes, but with God's. They saw potential, I think, in me that God saw, and they kindly showed it to me. They were a mirror to me of love. The other piece is they were so excited about the Bible. These people had Bibles everywhere in their house. I never saw so many Bibles. I had an ashtray in every room. They had a Bible in every room, you know? (laughs) And they um, they really were students of the scripture. Um, they just mm. studied and studied. They they reached for it when we would have conversations. This is a husband and wife, by the way. They always had the Bible in their hands for reference. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Thought it was frankly a little weird, but also enlightening because they really they always seem to have the right verse. You know what I mean? They yeah. they just had answers for my questions. So, of course, I bought a Bible because I thought, well, my friends have one. I need one, too. And um, I was single at the time and doing a radio show five days a week, which meant that I had, now that I wasn't partying and drinking and getting stoned, all kinds of time to read the Bible. Wow. So I I would do the, the morning show, and I would get home about noon every day and have the entire day and evening to read the Word. And I was so hungry. I just, it was a supernatural kind of hunger, nothing about me. Yeah. Um, so I'm reading, 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 soaking it up, taking it in. I took the Bible to work when I'm on the air and the songs are playing. I was still reading the word mm. and uh, crazy, you know, but it's just the hunger was so real. Yeah. Well, everybody knows if you're going to get full of the word, you have to pour it out. You can't, you literally can't contain yes. it. It will overflow. So all of my brothers and sisters, um, one of six, are teachers at some level or another, have been teachers. I was never like a public school teacher or an official teacher, but that teacher gene apparently must be in me because all I wanted to do was teach the word that I was learning. My church was crazy enough to let me have a class (laughs) for women. You know, when you think about it, I was about six months in the Lord when I started a Bible study for women. 
Yes. Oh my you know, gosh. in very in very short order, we had about three hundred women in this study, and wow. imagine being taught by this just Ed. I love it so much. Well, it's just how God works. Yeah. And was I qualified? Absolutely not. Is he qualified? Absolutely so. Yeah. And because I had that responsibility, I kept my face in the word. Just you know. Oh yeah. Heavy you duty. If you're going to be writing lessons and teaching, you're just going to live there. Totally. And how good, how good, how good is God that he did that for me right out of the box. So, you know, within a, maybe a year, um, I was a little bit more than a year, I was speaking. I was being invited to come out and share at women's uh, events and mother-daughter banquets and, you know, Bible study kickoffs and things like that. And right. still doing the radio show, but but speaking, speaking, speaking a lot. Uh, then I met, short version, my darling husband. We got married, had two kids. <laughs> I told you it was the short version. <laughs> well, everybody pretty much knows what that looks like. It was all yes. pure joy, every step. And um, by then I was um, really even before Lily was born. So this had been about 88, like when you were born, right? right? Your yes. Kids? Yeah, right. I'm tracking. You fell right between my kids. I love that. I'm adopting you, so please tell your parents <laughs> they just lost one. Um, but the uh, uh, right in the middle there is when I cut my ties to radio. Very scary. It was a full-time, yeah. nice, good money, blah, blah. But God had said, I want you out there speaking. So I cut the ties to radio, hung out my shingle as a speaker, and the same month that my son was born, because, you know, why not just do everything at once, Right. I have a feeling you get this. Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I thought so. So, uh, and then Darling Lily came along, and then books came along, and speaking grew, and wow. So here we are. Um, a full-time gig. Later, and I'm still, I think, I couldn't have imagined how long I would have the joy of doing this. Lots of people step into speaking or writing yeah. for a season, um, but God keeps giving me another season, and I am so grateful for that because it keeps me on my toes spiritually, and it lets me do what I love to do, which is encourage my sisters in Christ and any good men that want to come along for the party. Yes. Well, I'm looking at this picture of you, and you have your adorable glasses on, and I'm just thinking, you know, the definition of wisdom that was given to me many years ago is putting on God's glasses and kind of viewing the world through those glasses. And so I cannot think of a better person, Liz, to have on the show to talk about this whole idea of walking in wisdom. And I would just love to talk to you a little bit more about your new book, um, which is a study on Proverbs. Is that right? The Book of Wisdom. Indeed. Well, I, just to back up one step, a year ago, I had a book call, came out that called 31 Verses to Write on Your Heart. Oh. And I had gathered up um, through my blog, I had asked women, followers, readers, um, what's your favorite verse of the Bible? Mm. And of course, you know, everybody has their faves. Many, many, many of them were Proverbs. And so huh. the, the first book was 31 verses, but it was half from Proverbs. Wow. And then I thought, well, we need a whole book just of those. So 31 Proverbs to light your path, more of our favorite verses. And you know, when you let other people pick, it really makes you go down streets you might not have driven by yourself. Yeah. You know, we all have favorite go-to scriptures and let's be really honest, they're usually very positive. Right. They're, you know, they're very uplifting, upbeat, they carry us on a hard day. But some people actually choose as a favorite a verse that challenges them. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm very grateful that my readers over the years picked some that I might have, I don't want to say skipped, you don't skip any verse in the Bible, but I might not have chosen to park on for, you know, a week at a time. <laughs> yes. And so I, I'm very grateful for that because they, they have taught me, even in my efforts to open the word and to teach them. Um, and so in the new book, 31 Proverbs, to light your path, because that's, that's what wisdom does. It's a light, uh, and it's God's light um, shining in us. We start out with a favorite of mine. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day, Proverbs mm. 14. It's just so full of visual images. I'm, yeah. I love to paint word pictures as best I can, and this verse does it for us. You've got the morning sun shining. You have this path that you're walking on. You have the sun rising until you hit the full light of day. And that is, to me, a perfect description of our Christian walk because, you know, it isn't you step out of the darkness into the full light of day. At least it wasn't for me. Uh, I, st- I stepped into the full light of Christ. Um, but my own path, you know, it, I, I took a while. It just takes a while to yeah. get there. Um, You have your past tugs at you, the enemy tugs at you, old friends tug at you, memories tug at you and want to pull you off that path. But God keeps shining brighter and brighter until he really is all we see. Yes. Let me give you an example of one I might not have explored without a reader prompting me. A person may think their own ways are right, but... The Lord weighs the heart, Proverbs yeah. 21-2. You know, because uh, I'm all about thinking my own ways are right. Oh, totally. baby. Yeah. Um, but the Lord weighs the heart. So he isn't just weighing our actions. He cares about our motives. And I think often we try hard to get our act together, to look good, yeah. to look like we are righteous people. And that doesn't work for God at all. <laughs> he really only cares about what is happening on the inside? Um, one of the chapters um, that was a challenge in the best way for me um, and has helped actually improve how I do life is uh, this one. A gossip betrays a confidence, uh. but a tr- I'm sorry, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 11, 13. Oh, yes. Well, here's the thing. I think of myself as very trustworthy. And if you said to me, okay, Liz, I'm going to share something with you. I just have to ask you not to share with anyone. Trust me, it would never leave my lips. It would not be spoken to my husband, my cats, anybody. (laughs) But if you and I are out somewhere and something fun happens and there's no reference of, can you keep this a secret? Right. Oh, well, I might share that somewhere because I thought it was so whatever, entertaining, interesting, whatever. And um, my kids have actually taught me how to do a better job of that because in my early years as a speaker, of course, they were doing adorable things as my kids. So didn't I love to share those adorable stories on the platform, in my books, all of that. And when they're three, they don't really have an opinion. Yet. Right. But let me just say when they're eight <laughs> and their really? friends' mothers are reading your books. Yeah. And their friends' mothers say, oh, I love that story about where your diaper fell off and they, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Suddenly, yes. these stories that mother is sharing are not funny. And yeah. 
So um, I would say probably, I'm thinking it was when my kids were about 10 and 12, uh, that I finally said, okay, kids, I am now not going to share a story involving you without your permission. You know, I always have to learn everything the hard way. And I had to hurt their feelings first. And that was horrible. So uh, so that's one that I've learned from years ago and I'm learning from again. Um, I just went through uh, and going through actually right this minute a journey. We can talk about it later if you like. And when I first found out that um, I had cancer, um, I told literally a handful of friends. Wow. Because, I mean, maybe about, I think there were 12 people in all, my closest family, sisters, and like six or seven friends. Because in the beginning, you don't have answers. Right. Foolish me, I thought that you, uh, you know, went into the OR, they did the surgery, they came out and said, it's cancer, you start chemo on Monday, and it's all going to be good. Well, that's not how it is. They say, uh, we found a mass and, you know, we have to biopsy. And then they come back and say, now we're going to look at lymph nodes. Now we're going to look at a CT scan. We'll get back to you in a couple of weeks, 10 days. (gasps) It was a whole summer of that for me. And so I I didn't want to drag dozens, let alone hundreds of people through that saga. It just seemed cruel. And so I kept it all to myself, just told my handful of friends. What I found interesting was how hard it was for them not to tell other people yeah and they were honest with me they said so can I tell people now I'm like no um could we just keep it among ourselves and when I finally went did a Facebook live uh, recently and just went ahead and spilled the beans you know let's just tell 90,000 people at once and be done with it wow (laughs) Um, because I'm in, uh, you know, I'm well into my chemo now, and I, yeah. I feel like I, I have hope to offer, and I have joy to offer, and and answers should someone ask a question. But I was so funny because those same girls call me. It's so now, can we tell people? It's like yes, you yeah, can. yeah. It's been on but Facebook tr- Live. Yeah, it's been on Facebook Live. It's so out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. But what it shows me, and I'm certainly not judging them because I'm right there with them. When someone says, can you keep a secret? Yeah. That, that is, oh man, the enemy just won't let that alone. Yeah. And he's going to be rubbing our face in it and saying, oh, come on, come on, come on. It won't hurt to tell one person. Oh, Liz, this is a rough one to talk about. You know? I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I know. It is. And let's be really honest. In the church, yeah, we yeah, oh, you know yeah. what I'm gonna say. Oh, we yeah. we use um the prayer request. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was reaching for a word, the prayer request, as a way to say I know something you guys may not know. And yeah, wow, it's friends. We just need to we need to work through that because the scripture is so clear about what it means to be a trustworthy friend. Uh, one of the six or so women I shared it with, her friends call her the vault. Wow. And I love that. That's I such thought, a respectable that, title. I know it. And I thought, that's what I want to be. I want to be the vault to my friends. Yeah. To just keep that just in my heart, pray for them, do all the right things, uh, but not the wrong things. Let's quickly do a cheerful one, you know, because you need that yes, right now. Yes, yes. Let's end on that note with the Proverbs. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but... And I think... I don't want to misquote my own book, but I think like half of these, something like 17 of them, have the word but in the middle because that's Proverbs. Proverbs is always doing this comparison thing. Yes. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but 
a kind word cheers it up, Proverbs 12, 25. Yes. And don't we love to offer those kind words to each other? That's what your podcast is about, is offering your listeners kind words, encouraging yeah. words, uplifting words, hope, all the good stuff. Totally. And anxiety is a real serious issue. Yeah. Um, today, more than ever, I don't know whether we're simply more aware of what anxiety looks like as an actual issue. Right. You know, it's not just feeling a little nervous. Uh, I have many friends who suffer from real anxiety issues and are yeah. medicated for it. And Me it's too. important. And so anxiety is real, but a kind word does help. And so, you know, I call myself an encourager and encourager, not the encourager. There's a million of us. But that really is my life goal is to look for ways to lift people up. Encourage yeah. means to place in the heart. People just need a word, yeah. a word in the heart. And for me, it's got to be a word from the word to really have any value. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I can say, wow, cute hair, or, you know, your children are adorable or whatever. Those are good words. But um, somehow the word, God's word, his timeless word, been around for centuries upon centuries upon millennia, this kind of word sticks to the soul. You know, and one of the words that I love to offer people through the podcast is the person, Jesus, the word himself, um, just in the form of talking about how whatever topic we're discussing connects to the gospel. And I'm in this process of just developing my understanding of how everything in the Old Testament and the New Testament is just part of this greater story of God's plan to rescue his people through his son, Jesus. And so I just love to hear you kind of rant on how can we make that connection between <laughs> between the book of Proverbs, which is something that I think we all kind of grew up hearing, and the gospel? That is, excuse me, a fantastic question, because one of the challenges with Old Testament is that we can sort of, even the word old suggests that, oh, you don't really need that anymore. Right. It's not viable. It doesn't apply. Well, of course it does, because Jesus quoted the Old Testament all the time, mm -hmm. um, so so we know that that old word, as it were, is as it were, is valid for us. Um, but here's what I love about Proverbs. Proverbs talks about righteousness, mm. what a good person should do or not do. Now, the danger of that is it can become rules. Yes, do this, don't do that, and you will be loved by God. That is not the message of the gospel, and that is not the message of Proverbs. If we read carefully and we look at each proverb individually, even when it says the righteous should do this and the bad guys are going to do that, what it is saying to us is you want to be counted among the righteous, and you do that not by doing the right thing, mm -hmm. but by loving the right God, mm. because it is God in us that is our righteousness. Yes. It is not our good works. It is his goodness, period. And so with each proverb, I was so careful because I am not a works-driven girl. I'm not a law-driven girl. Mm -hmm. I am a sovereignty girl and a grace girl. It's all Jesus. It is nothing but Jesus. He, any good thing in us is the God in us. That's the only good thing. Even Jesus himself said that. No one is good but God alone. Yeah. So if we remember that the goodness, the righteousness, the faithfulness, all the fruit of the Spirit, I mean, if it's the fruit of the Spirit, friends, it's not your Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit, all that delicious fruit 
it is his. It's his gift to us. So when we dish it out, Mm. when we make fruit salad, he's the chef. You know, we may get to hold the bowl out and say, look at this, y'all, you know, dig in. But we're not the chef. He's the chef. He's the fruit. He's the fruit juice. He's the sugar. He's everything. (laughs) You know, we're barely a spoon. (laughs) I am so quick to claim good fruit that I see in my own life. And then I'm also so quick to just condemn myself whenever I make a mistake. Mm. Well, that is the Christian conundrum right there. And I do have a solution. And it's kind of ridiculously simple. If the goodness comes from God, okay, all the sweetness, all the good fruit, then the rotten fruit comes from God's enemy, who is our enemy. Yeah. So, so guilt and shame and condemnation never, please underline this, never come from God. Mm. Never come from God. Guilt, shame, condemnation, not of the Lord. He convicts, but his conviction is always in love. It's always gentle. The voice of Jesus correcting us is love. But the voice of the enemy condemning us is hate. Yeah. So we have to, first of all, literally, and I know it sounds crazy, but listen to the tone of the voice hmm. condemning you. And if it's in love, and we know the difference. You're a mom. You get this. When you speak yeah, to your children in correction, so right. when you speak to your children in correction, there's two ways to do it. One is the loving way where you gather them up in your arms yeah. and you hold them close and you say, okay, now that wasn't the right thing to do, right? But there's also that oh, mom. Man. and we've, <laughs> we've That was me this morning. Uh, yes, ma'am. The, the latter. Yes, there's uh, that where it just comes, you know, forced out of our mouth yeah. we almost feel like who said that yes. well i'll tell you who said it okay and it wasn't the voice of the lord yeah and so when we catch that sly old fox and and understand he is the one and i don't know how comfortable you are with this I, you know some people are just like ooh are you talking about like a real satan yes i am if i'm talking about a real god i have to talk about the real enemy yeah he's he's there he's there he's all through scripture he certainly was there in the life of christ i mean he had direct encounters with him he he's real but he's he's not worthy mm-hmm. he's not worthy of our attention he's not worthy of our listening to and doing what he asks us to do uh so we have to understand that difference it took me i'm going to tell you decades yeah. to figure that out because I was so comfortable parking in shame and guilt and regret. Yeah. It just was a very natural place for me to be. It's a natural place for all humans to be, but it is not where believers need to live. Right. He wants us to have a victory. The victory means does not mean you never fail. It's just you you realize what made you stumble in the first place. Up, oh, you were listening to a lie. Oop, that little lie just sneaked in there and you believed it. So you cast out the lie, you cast out the one who whispered it in your ear, you jump up, let God dust you off, and you move forward without any guilt or shame clinging to your clean garments. Oh, God, help us do that, please. You got the visual? Again, I'm always about visuals, and if we can see ourselves when we fall in a mud puddle in our white, in our righteous white clothes, um, made righteous by him alone, 
But when we fall in the puddle, he picks us up, he washes us off, he squeezes it out, he dries us off, and does this, of course, miraculously. It does not take 30 minutes or a washing machine. And um, <laughs> and he, he sends us forth, and our shoes are white again. Yeah. Our clothes are white again. And you're going to say, oh, great, Liz, and I make it about three feet, and I'm back in another puddle. God knows this about us. This is not a shock or disappointment to him. He has left us on this earth to walk this walk. We don't get it all right till we stand in his presence. Then we are clean like a bride forever. But in this world, we're a bride. We're not. <laughs> I mean, we're still technically a bride. We're just a messy bride. Bride who you know, ran away and went through a mud puddle. A hot mess of a bride. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I love it. I, ju- I do. I love the picture of just walking in wisdom and how there are those mud puddles along the way. And even in the midst of the mud and, and all of that, I would just love to hear from you. What is just the joy and the benefit and the freedom that comes from striving to walk in wisdom? I know that I have um, any wisdom I have is God's. So any mm. any any walk I'm doing He's laying down every rock in front of me. Mm. I think one of the things that helps me, but this might not be true for everybody. Some people like their path very fully laid out. They want to see all the stones coming and the curves that are coming. And they want to see the bright and pearly gates at the end and just have a clear view. Um, That's great. Except then when you fall off the path or stumble on the path or whatever, you think I've blown it. I have learned that if we can just stand on the path we're on and take one step of faith at a time, we can be absolutely sure we're on the path he wants us to be on because we're not trying to run ahead. We're not trying to second guess, you know? So, so for me, it is, um, it's the awareness every day. And when you wake up, it's like, okay, God, here we go. What's today, God? And uh, some days are better than other days. Some days have pain, emotional, physical, mental, stress. You know, it doesn't mean every day is perfect, but every day is perfectly what he has for us. Yes. So, spinning around, if I may, for a second back to the cancer. Okay, nobody signs up for that. Oh, I just really, really, really want cancer because then I'll I'll go on a great journey with God, right? <laughs> Who wants that? No. But, but what I've learned in these first three months with cancer is that everything I have taught for the last 35 years is true. Mm. All of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God is a reality. It isn't now something I'm teaching because I read it in his word or I heard about it from somebody else. I know that I know that I know that I know that in the dark nights of my soul, God is there and he is beaming on me. I can feel Mm. not just his presence, but his pleasure. And it's weird. It's like, well, how, why? Because, and I'm hoping this is going to make sense and you won't I just don't want this to sound prideful. I believe that God trusted me with cancer Hmm. because he knew I would not fold up and blow away. I think he said, this girl, she's been walking with me a while. I think she's going to be able to handle this and show other people that 
God has not turned his back on me. On the contrary, he is more real, more close, more faithful, more everything. And of course, God can't be more. He already is the fullness of God. But my ability to experience him, see him, um, converse with him, is at a whole new phase that, as the old saying goes, Mm. I wouldn't give nothing for. I wouldn't trade that. Yeah. You said, okay, Liz, let's just pretend the cancer never happened. It's like, ooh, but then this wouldn't have happened, and I wouldn't have missed it. And the other piece is, there's so much freedom. I talked with a gal about that this weekend after I spoke. Um, She also had been diagnosed with cancer. She's five Mm. years cancer-free. That's when it gets exciting at five years. But um, she kept talking about the word freedom, and I said, yes, the freedom to realize that you can sort of look at your own mortality and realize Mm. this is not a scary thing. It's not. Paul said, for to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So those both look like winners to me. Yeah. And I know it sounds morbid to some people. It's like, ooh, don't talk about death. I'm like, well, Jesus talks about everlasting life a lot. And the only way to get there, sorry, is to die. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have to die to self now, yes. and we have to die to the flesh eventually to step into that wonderful place. And that's where we spend eternity. So it is far more exciting than anything going on in this world today. And this is, I mean, you're in a real happy place, hubby, kids, life is so good. Imagine that it could ever be any better, and yet it can. Liz, this is just exactly, before I had talked to you, exactly what I envisioned hearing, just a life that has been lived seeking and hungering after God. And you know him so much more fully now at the age that you're at. And I I just, I long to be, I'm not trying to make you sound as though you've arrived, but you know, John 17, three, if eternity is this, knowing Mm -hmm. God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent, the fact that you have been walking with him for so many years is just so evident that you know him so well. And I'm just so grateful and excited, honestly, just having seen you and having caught a little bit of a glimpse of your life through this hour with you and hearing your passion and your joy in Jesus. It just makes me excited to live and to see whatever it is that the Lord sets before me, both tribulation, trial, which that we know we're promised those things, you know, mm, so yeah. it's just, in, it's encouraging. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. And, and um, I'm just, I'm just thankful. Well, and, you know, all the glory goes to him for that. It's just, it's just time, you know, just time spent. Absolutely. So there, there isn't actually any replacement for time in the growth of a believer. However, you are wise beyond your years, and there's a reason for that. And of course, I, because I did radio for 10 years, would love to flip the table and say, okay, now I want to ask you a bunch of questions. (laughs) When I saw that in your bio, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be exciting to hear somebody on radio too. You do this live and you don't get to edit yourself. Right. Oh, but not that's the beauty of it, though, is not having to go back and edit. Um, but the truth is, we can be wise beyond our years. We can be yeah. deeply walking with God, even at a very young age. I know some women who just take my breath away. I'm sure you've heard of them, gals that you know, Jenny Allen with yes. the If Gathering. Well, this is a woman I have so much respect for, because she she walks the faith walk 
maybe as boldly as anyone I've ever met. Mm. And yet it's so clear it's not coming in her flesh that it's coming through God's spirit. Yeah. And so when I when I meet a young woman like that, it's like, oh, Lord, you have so got this next generation. I get very tired of people my age wringing their hands and saying, oh, the yeah. church, is, you know, it's like, oh, you people, stop. <laughs> yes. No, I see so many of my sisters and so many of them listening to the show who are just hungry for God. And Absolutely. that was, you know, my purpose in the show is to just kind of point people towards guideposts. I mean, literally, this is a journey. This is a path, which is why I kind of felt like we were kindreds even before we spoke. And for you to be there and to just kind of speak into us and to encourage us on this journey as we're seeking God is just so invaluable. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my joy. Probably um, we talked about the guilt and the shame, which I see is a huge, huge stumbling block for everybody of any age between um, their close relationship with God is allowing those, those stumbling blocks. But you know, another piece that does too. um, And I, I don't, I'm trying to think if I actually addressed this in the book. I don't think so. I talked about it more in 31 verses to write in your heart, Hmm. but that is materialism stuff. Yeah. Stuff becomes uh, a real, It's a hindrance to the journey. (laughs) Yeah, it is a hindrance to the journey. Excellent. Thanks for helping me find words. It's a stumbling block of such a size. And I think I'm more aware of it now um, Hmm. because over the last uh, two years, my darling husband lost both his parents. Oh, you've been going through the things. Yeah, going through the things. And Bill is an only child, which means all the things, everything came to him. And, you know, a lifetime, this darling couple, so precious, lived in the same house many, 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 many years, and threw nothing out because they grew up in the Depression where everything was meant to be saved. And so, a whole house of stuff, when we already have a whole house of stuff of our own, that we, you know, are kind of sort of right about thinking, you know what, we could maybe downsize soon, and it's like, here it comes. Three bedroom sets, two sets oh of my. Sur- China service for 12, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it rooms upon rooms of big things mm. and little things and drawers full of things. And it just, it was overwhelming to me because <laughs> I realized all that matters to me of these yeah. dear people are their memories, what they taught us, the faith they lived out, yeah. their commitment to yes. one another, 62 years of marriage. Um, those are the only things that last. And all the rest of it is completely worthless. You can't even give it away. You know, there are things that Goodwill yeah. and Salvation Army and stuff, they don't even want. It's like, no, no, <laughs> no thanks. That the plastic bags so that have been uh, recycled and reused for the past 10 years? No. Yes, no. <laughs> it's just shocking the things nobody wants, the trash people won't take it away. You know, you practically uh. have to, to, to sneak around at night and put it in people's dumpsters. <laughs> we did not do that. Let me clarify. We did not do that. But the thought occurred. But it, honestly, it has been a huge aha for me to understand how many of our years are spent earning money to buy stuff that has no, absolutely no value. So um, I'm grateful, maybe because I was the youngest of six, I don't know. But for me, I always thought travel was a more worthy gift than stuff. Yeah. 
So I have always given my kids travel, you know, when they graduate from something, a big birthday or whatever, it's not in a box, it's going to be a ticket to somewhere. I love that. Um, And at least those can't be taken away from you. Memories of time with loved ones and traveling and seeing the world or just seeing people you care about. um, I, I, I wish I'd done that more by more intent when they were really young. But that I'm trying to catch up on that one because stuff, friends, it's worthless. Oh, that's so good. I was going to ask you, what would you tell your younger self? And I have a feeling that's what it would be. Oh, man. Yes, I would tell my younger self that. I would tell my younger self to stick to 40 hours a week. Mm. Um, I would tell my old self that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This self needs to hear that, yes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, around the world, they're not crazy like us. Yeah. Uh, uh, Particularly with the ways we can do things now. You know, like yeah. Skype calls and stuff. Yes, um, uh, We can do things at all hours of the day and night, and yeah. we do, and that's okay. But then you've got to count that as part of your work day yeah. and give yourself a break somewhere else. But we're not. Yes. We're just pushing, pushing, running, running. Um, you don't need me to remind you how short a time those kids will be little. Yeah. I won't do that thing. I hate when older women used to say that to me. Enjoy this time. And I'm like, enjoy this, lady. You did not see what my house looked like today. Oh, that's so good. Well, three questions that I ask every single guest on the show, Liz, are, well, I'll tell you the first one and I want to hear your answer. But I'd love to hear if there is somebody listening and they're just like, man, I really would love to grow in wisdom. Do you have a couple of resources that you would recommend for somebody that's looking to grow in this area? Well, obviously, I only think wisdom is found in the word, true wisdom, lifelong, uh, everlasting wisdom. Um, I do encourage people not to get locked into one kind of Bible. Hmm. Um, I love to use multiple translations. If you crack open any of my books, you'll see, well, this girl really does read a lot of versions of the Bible. (laughs) Yes, I do. Uh, Somebody said, Liz writes the amplified of the amplified. That's right. (laughs) because I don't, you know, none of us, well, that's not true. Some people do read Greek or Hebrew. Most of us don't. So all of us, we're already working from a translation anyway. Yeah. So there's no need to get attached to one over the other. Read widely in the Bible. I Mm. love to use Bible Gateway because it lets you look at literally all the English translations of every verse. So that when you read down and you read 40 versions of the same proverb or whatever you're reading over and over and over and over. And I love to read aloud because it goes in my ears as well as in my mind. Yes. Um, By the time you get to the end of that, that word is starting to actually sink in. It's becoming part Mm. of you. Yes. Repetition is so huge. Yep. And memorization. I'm big on that. So yep. Yep. That's what I'd say. Okay. That is the best answer you could have ever given. (laughs) The word. Yay. Period. (laughs) And I'm sure your book will be a really great resource as well, too. I hope so. Sure. Oh, okay. Well, I'm very excited to hear the answer to this question. I ask every single guest, what are your three simple joys in life? Wow. They are so simple. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Riding down the road with my husband. Oh, we love to be in the car together. Sometimes I will pull up music on YouTube or whatever, oldies, and we sing to them Aww, and carry on. Sometimes that is the cutest. I know it's silly, isn't it? And we, I read to him <laughs> while he drives, Aww. or we, you know, we, we stop and take pictures 
probably my favorite picture I've ever taken of my husband of 31 years is when we went through a town called, I think it was called Metropolis in Illinois. But anyway, they had a huge um, Superman that you could step into with your face, you know, and then the the body was around you. It's my favorite picture of my husband ever. And that was on a road trip. So road trips with Bill. That's one. Oh, I love that. Sitting around our kitchen table playing games because we are board game and card game people with my kids. Okay, do you have a favorite game that you'd recommend? Game night. Oh, I'm so old school. I just love Scrabble. Yes. I love arts. Um, I love Uno. Uno, yes. I was hoping you would say that. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set is another favorite, though I never Ooh, win. I haven't checked that out. Um, so, you know, so games around the table with my grown kids. Okay. That is just really fun for me. Time just flies. Okay, the other simple joy is you're only going to get if you love cats. But I have two gray tabby twin boys. Boaz and Samson. Is that right? You're right. You're amazing. Yes. <laughs> Bo and Sam. Um, they are the little fuzzy loves of my life. So and great. as I've been going through this chemo, I swear they know Aww. that I'm in pain because when I curl Ugh. up at night, they both find a gentle place to be that doesn't Aww. hurt me behind my knees, crooked my knees or whatever. And they're just there. They're just present. And it's like I said, you, just, you ask for simple joys, doesn't get much simpler than any of that. Please notice none of it costs any money fits so well with what you said previously well yeah people we love yes okay well you are a journey woman for jesus as you mentioned and you've had an influence on very many women in your life by god's grace but i would love to hear who it is that's had the biggest influence on your journey with jesus liz Mm. wow there really are so many women Mm. like a string of pearls you know i just i do i think of them as a string of pearls around my neck Um, you know, the woman who was instrumental in introducing me to Jesus. And then it's almost like a pass the baton. Then the next person was a woman named Doris who took me under her wing and became my Kentucky mom. And, you know, I was single, so she would have me over for dinner, for Christmas, all those things to give me a family of believers. It was incredible. A Bible teacher named Linda who was willing to disciple me in her home. Another wonderful woman named Annie who taught me what generosity looks like. We're still really good friends. Um, and so it's, it is all these women and they were all more mature than me. They, you know, both physically, probably 15 to 20 years older, but also deep in the word, deep in the Lord, deep Mm. in his joy. And so they modeled what the Christian life looks like for me. So I can't honestly pick one, but I can tell you the string of pearls has been very precious and continues to be, you know, they are, they are the the role models as they reach into their deep maturity of mm. how this is going to look. And so, wow, what a what a blessing. Well, you are a blessing too. You better watch out because my husband and I are stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So yeah. Louisville isn't too far away. I may come and try and snatch a pearl from you. A couple more pearls of wisdom. But thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared with us today, Liz. I Um, We'll definitely have all of the links to your books and where people can find you online and things like that in the show notes. So I just want to say thanks for walking well, for walking in wisdom and for showing us what that looks like just a few years down the road. Well, I don't remember enjoying an hour this much in a long time. Thank you so much. Take care. I'm so grateful for women like Liz who have fervently followed Jesus for many more years than myself. 
It was such a joy to chat with her about navigating our journeys with wisdom and grace. I hope this conversation encourages you to seek out women in your own proximity to walk out your days with for the glory of God. You can also hop over to at Journeywomen Podcast on Instagram or Facebook for quotes and further thoughts on my conversation with Liz. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, TBRM Camps, at the link in our show notes where you can find all the details and links to everything Liz and I discussed today. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys here next Monday.